Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today we maliciously comply with some terrible management. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, read the syllabus. Years ago, when I was in college, I was obsessed with getting a perfect GPA. It's a long story why, but I wanted one. Everything went great for the first three years of college, and there were no issues. That is, until I took this one awful computer network class. The class itself was super easy, and for the most part, I had no issues with the material. I got the highest score on the first test and actually helped teach one of the labs, since my recent internship taught me a lot of the skills that the lab required. Then came the second test. I was president of a club that had to travel for a competition on the day we had a critical lesson for the questions on the second test. I made up the lesson, after also telling the professor that I'd been gone two weeks in advance. A small percent of my grade went to participation, but his syllabus specifically said that the grade was based on participation and not specific days attended. I get through the test with a decent score and think nothing of it. I ace the third exam and he inputs our final grades. I noted that he specifically lowered my grade to an A-, which ruined my GPA. He lowered my participation by a massive amount of points. When I asked what the heck that was about, he said that I missed a critical class, and missed the question on the test related to that class. When I asked him how that impacted my participation score, he didn't give an answer other than I should read the syllabus. So I did. I wrote a one-page letter outlining his entire participation policy and even gave specific examples of how I participated in the class. I copied the dean of the school, since I actually knew them from an unrelated incident, and sent him the letter. Needless to say, I've never seen a professor backtrack so hard in my life. He apologized profusely and gave me the right score. Literally needed to add three freaking points. It was probably one of the most satisfying arguments that I ever won. Does anybody else agree that OP deserves the points just for going through the effort of proving why they deserved said points? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, check with your boss about your availability? Sure. I'm the HR manager of a medium-sized company based out of the United States. We're in an industry that relies heavily on most people having an assistant to manage their schedule, handle their phones, etc. I had someone tell me on a Wednesday that their assistant was leaving. Let's call the assistant Andy. I talked to Andy, who said his last day would be the next Friday. It's less than two weeks notice, which is annoying but not illegal, and I understand that things happen, so I'm not going to put up a stink about it. Andy was a nightmare for the next week and a half. When trying to schedule interviews for replacements, he kept insisting on prioritizing certain candidates because he wanted to do it his way. 
He wouldn't follow our recruiting protocol and complain to his boss that we were pushing back when we most certainly weren't. But the worst part was scheduling the transition meeting slash exit interview. At my company, our policy is to conduct a transition meeting and exit interview together. I do these meetings and they're usually pretty harmless. I'll give the employee their final paycheck as required by law, tell them how to sign up for their benefits after they leave if they want, COBRA, share info on porting over their retirement, etc. After going over all the transition information, I'll conduct a brief exit interview asking them about how we can improve the working experience. I always tell them that this exit interview is for their benefit as a final means of giving feedback to us but I also make it clear that they don't have to share anything they don't want to. All in all, these meetings usually take somewhere between 15 to 20 minutes. At first, I had a time on hold with Andy to do an exit interview on his last day. He then emailed me and said he wouldn't be able to do an exit interview because his priority was wrapping things up for his boss. Let's call him Ben. I let him know that I needed to be able to give him his final paycheck and additional information, He told me to just leave the paycheck on his desk. By this point, I'm fed up with him because his emails are incredibly rude. So I CC my boss, the head of HR, let's call her Carol. I tell Andy that there's more than just the final paycheck that I need to share and that I'd be more than happy to share more about our company's policies in our meeting. I also said he's welcome to reach out to anyone on the HR team to ask. Andy ignores my email. I follow up the next morning. I run into him in the elevator and he literally refuses to acknowledge me, not even to say good morning or smile awkwardly. He ignores this email too. By the afternoon, I'm over it. I tell Carol, who calls Andy. Carol says, hey, I heard from OP that she's having a hard time getting a hold of you to schedule an exit interview. He responds that he's just so busy wrapping things up for his boss and he really appreciates us following up, but no, he won't be available and if there are any issues, we can reach out to his boss. Cue the malicious compliance. Carol lets him know that this isn't optional and that it'll only be 15 minutes, but if he's so busy, we can certainly reach out to Ben to make sure there is time carved out. He stutters and isn't able to make a coherent sentence, then says, we don't have to do that. Carol says it's okay, we understand the need to make sure Ben is on board, so we'll call Ben on the cell, and she hangs up. We then call Ben, and she tells him, I'm so sorry to do this, but Andy let us know that he won't be available for an exit interview. Could you make sure he has time for it? We're trying to schedule something and are having a hard time. He asks how long, and she says 15 minutes. He says that's freaking ridiculous. He should have 15 minutes. I'll call him and take care of it right now. Carol thanks him and we continue to have our meeting. A few minutes later, Andy comes by and is fuming. He demands that we do the exit interview at that moment. I calmly tell him that there are important documents I need to prepare, which is why we're trying to schedule time. Carol then calmly tells him that there are policies and procedures to follow when you leave a company. The assistant says he doesn't appreciate us going to Ben and that he felt really disrespected. Carol gently reminds him that he said it was okay to check in with Ben and we're glad it's a priority now. And how does 10am sound tomorrow? Andy stormed down the hallway and we had our exit interview the next day at 10am. Best part? It would have been a brief 15 minutes but then Andy got argumentative and we went over time. This is just really an exercise in being professional. 
Even if you hate everybody at your workplace and the place itself, what's 15 minutes? Our next story is, per the policy, you need to pay. I had the unique displeasure of working in customer service over seven years. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. My longest job was at a bowling alley in a mid-sized town. It was the high-end bowling alley in the town, and thus attracted some pretty entitled people. While I got pretty good at zoning out their dumb requests and simply complying, there were a few times that malicious compliance was warranted. Backstory, the bowling alley required people to purchase bowling by time i.e. $20 per hour, etc. When I turned on the lane, the bowlers got a 5-minute buffer period in addition to their time purchased. Most of the time, this wasn't an issue and people came and left with no issue. Upon request, however, people could get an extra 15 minutes for free in the case of mechanical issues or large groups that were in the 8th frame or higher. I bet you can imagine where this goes bad. Main story. So one day, a family that consisted of a dad, two daughters, and a mother came in and started a tab with one hour. We let them open tabs since we had servers and food service too. The kids were younger, but I'd seen this dad in the bowling alley before as he played in one of our leagues. He was one of those just snobby looking bowling guys with a rolling bowling bag, beat up bowling balls and a huge belly that seemed to go hand in hand with the pro bowlers that came to this alley. He had scammed a lot of free stuff from us before, and we'd actually been warned about him as employees. Fast forward an hour, and his time is almost up, when all of a sudden I hear a large crash. It was the sound a bowling ball makes when it hits the sweep that wipes the pins off the lane. There's a small window of time that a bowler can hit the sweep while it's clearing pins, and of course, The dad I discussed earlier was the one that hit it. He comes bumbling over and tells me the lane's broken. I could clearly see that the lane was broken because the lane monitor screen had the code for a jammed arm. I apologized while holding back the barf in my mouth and called the mechanic. After doing that, he demanded 15 minutes of free time since he had to wait for the mechanic to fix the lane, which took two minutes. Since it was his first incident, I gave it to him. That was my first mistake. This happened again a second time when his time was getting low, as he had just started a new game. He came bumbling over and did the same routine. I regrettably gave the second set of time to him for free, and then he went away. As you may have guessed, it happened a third time. This time, however, I decided to charge him for the 15 minutes, since I knew what he was up to and our policy posted on the front counter that every customer agrees to specifically states that we only give 15 minutes for free. On the fourth time, the guy came over again, and I charged him again. This happened a total of five times, and I charged him for three. When he finally decided to pay out, he saw his bill and got furious. 
He came thundering over to me and barked at me, saying that I was wrong and that he needed to see my manager. When my manager came out, he gave his side of the story, which of course was about how I was an idiot and that our lanes break way too easily. I then gave my side and calmly explained that I gave him more free time than our policy stated and that due to his continued requests for more time, I gave it to him at cost. My manager then asked to see the tab and looked through it. Not only did my manager agree that I was right, but he also made the guy pay for the second set of 15 minutes that I'd originally given to him for free. My manager cited our policy and told the man what he needed to pay. After some intense yelling, the guy cursed us out, vowed to never come back, and left. He came back for league three days later. He knew what he was doing that day and was just mad he got caught. It's almost a darn shame you weren't able to throw them out and just roll them out on their big round belly. Our next story is, we are making investments. I'm an electronics engineer, currently working in the comm industry. I started my job as an intern at the company of one of my professors. Here in Iran, employers are mandated to pay 80% of so-called insurance, which is a flimsy health insurance and retirement fund. Another one of my professors introduced us, and having seen how passionate he was when teaching, I assumed my employer would be honest and treat me well as I learned the ropes. My whole interview with the project manager of that company, which my professor was the chairman and CEO, lasted around 15 minutes, and they immediately put me on riding a driver for a rather complicated IC. After a lot of self-study, which I didn't expect, I finally finished the project and got a contract for getting hired. However, no insurance for a year and an hourly wage which was less than half the mandated amount. I dismissed my worries by telling myself I was just learning and I enjoy electronics, so no worries. I brought this up once with my project manager, yet he laughed at my face by telling me that I still haven't made any profit and they would compensate my low wage by bonuses when they see fit. Unfortunately, I complied. Months passed, until I got my first big assignment. It was a heavy project which had me write drivers for memory peripherals, ADCs, etc., and implement a whole signal processing chain all by myself. At first I was excited, but a month into the project, I was burnt out. I worked on holidays and overtime, and in the meantime I was getting fined for small mistakes. I brought this up with the management and they said they won't give me a raise and I have to wait for the end of the phase, which meant a milestone in the project. This phase thingy was a holy grail that made employees at the company burn themselves out in hopes of the juicy bonus. By that time, I was seeing the chain of events and how a pattern of abuse was being formed. Excuse me for the language, burn out the employee with hope? bleed them dry with reductions, throw them a small bonus like a bone for the good doggy. Every time we asked for a raise, they would tell us that they are making investments by buying new equipment and hiring more employees. I decided to resign. At first, I asked to leave on good terms. Yet my manager told me that I've signed a contract, so I have to abide by it. I sneered and said, okay, cue malicious compliance. Then I pushed hard, like very hard. I even did side hardware projects and handled everything related to the project without complaining. They asked me to document my codes and designs, but I excused myself by doing more work. One month remaining to the end of my contract, I wrote a resignation letter. 
This letter legally allowed me to leave my job at the end of my contract without allowing my employer to make me work to deliver the project. Of course, seeing how timid I was, they dismissed it as a whim and decided to accept it without bringing it up later. When the deadline of my contract came, it coincided with a demonstration to the client. After this demo, the client was immensely satisfied and told us they would like to invest a lot on it, making the prototype a full product. Now here came my moment. I packed up the next day and left, just left. By working as a multi-role engineer, I've gained enough experience to land a good job at another company, and all this time I excused myself from documenting my codes and designs. This made all my designs unusable for the company, as they couldn't just give it to someone else so that they could continue my work. Meanwhile, they all thought how good and obedient of a worker I was, and made me an example to everyone. A week or so later after I left, all these days my phone was constantly ringing, I got a call from my manager. He had just wired me a bonus to bring me back to the project. Yet I answered, well professor, your investments can surely do what I always struggled to do. Currently, I'm enjoying a salary eight times more than the amount he was paying me with no overtime or penalties. Needless to say, the multi-million dollars project failed and was scrapped. If only they just gave me the fair treatment and wage. I love the fact that they threw the bonus to OP after they had already left, hoping it would be enough to get them to come back, maybe with a guilty conscience. And OP just kept that extra bonus and said, sure is greener on the other side, see ya. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.